Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female, you may ask? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She constantly strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony, but knows that it requires being true to your priorities and what makes you happy. She is never complacent about striving for better and always nurtures the relationships with the people in her life. So let's get started. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, Episode 5. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Sarah Williams. Sarah is an author, blogger, motivational speaker, marathon runner, Kilimanjaro mountain climber, and tough girl podcaster. She's a panelist for 52% Bay TV in Liverpool, and she's training for MDS 2016. Let's get started with the interview. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, Robin. Thank you for having me. Okay, so what is MDS 2016? So MDS stands for the Marathon des Saabs, which is six marathons in six days across the Sahara Desert. (laughs) Have you had your head checked lately? Uh, Yeah, a lot of people (laughs) think I'm pretty crazy when I say I want to go and do this challenge. But my my company, Tucker Challenges, is all about sort of motivating, inspiring women and girls to do different challenges. And I heard about this challenge, it must have been about maybe three or four years ago. And you know when a seed gets planted, you just think, you know, I really want to do that. I really want to do it. And it just sort of never, I never really got around to it. And it was only after I left my job a couple of years ago and started to do what I'm doing now, I suddenly thought, actually, this would just be the perfect thing to really sort of launch Tough Girl Challenges. So tell us more, what is Tough Girl Challenges? Um, Well, I suppose to give you a bit more background about me, I, I originally worked down in London. I spent eight years working in banking before I basically had enough and just thought this cannot be my my life for the next 20 or 30 years so I ended up quitting my job ended up going traveling around the world and heading off to Australia and going to Africa to climb Kilimanjaro headed over to backpack around South America and it was while I was traveling I kept on thinking what is it that you want to do Sarah how do you want to spend your time you know do you want to go back into work you want to go down into the charity sector and I just kept thinking, I think I want to do what I'm passionate about and what I love. And that for me was travel, adventure, it was motivation, it was, it was fitness, it was exercise. And it all sort of came together. I suddenly, I sort of got the name of Tough Girl Challenges and I started to develop it a little bit more. And um, yeah, and then just sort of ended up launching, launching my company really, which is all about motivating, inspiring women and girls to get fit and active, to travel and explore, to have big dreams, to live life to the fullest and just to do more and be more. That's amazing. So for our listeners, Sarah actually interviewed me for my very first podcast interview ever on her podcast, Tough Girl. Um, And I just had to have her um, for my podcast as soon as it launched. So uh, we've kind of talked about Uh, what it's like to be an alpha female. And uh, I've read the definition in several of the um, podcasts previously, but I'll just quickly say the first part again. So an alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. 
Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. And being an alpha female is a state of mind based on choosing ambition and being proud of it. She strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony throughout. So what really resonated with you with that definition when I first sent it over to you? I think for me, it was, it was ambition. I actually, um, I think previously, I always thought that ambition was almost a dirty word and that, you know, is it, <laughs> is it, is it bad? You know, did I want people to know how ambitious I am and how driven I am to achieve my goals? And I actually, I actually ended up writing a blog a blog post on it because actually after guessing the definition of you know what is an alpha female it really made me start to think well what do I believe by that and I think I even you know I wrote and I said do you know what I am actually I am ambitious I like going out there I like achieving things I want to succeed I want to be successful um, as per my terms of success and I want to just go out there and, and do the best that I can do and I think some people can get very intimidated by that especially when you know what you want and you come across as you know powerful assertive and confident with it it can intimidate a few people and I say it's just quite interesting but it is all about having that state of mind and actually almost believing in yourself and saying actually this is who I am I am confident I do have ambition I, I want to be powerful I want to do all these things and so actually I said, well, I am a true alpha female. Now, when you worked in banking, I'm assuming it was a male-dominated environment. Did you find yourself developing a strong personality to, you know, match coworkers? Oh, absolutely. I, it was very, very male-dominated. And I can still remember being 24, 25, going into meetings and being the youngest one there, being the only female there. And also, I, I used to be blonde, so being <laughs> the only blonde female. And you're set, you know, you're in a room and you've got most of the guys who are in their late 30s, early 40s, very set in their ways, very set about how they do things. And if I was to go in there and they're saying, well, we need to do X, Y and Z, we need to deliver on this. And if I'm saying, oh, look, I'm, I'm really sorry, actually, but I don't, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> you know, no one's going to listen to me. No one's going to take me seriously. And I mean, I have always been sort of very confident, but I think it sort of drove it home for me that if I needed to be taken seriously, then I needed to change and adapt my communication style. So I did become a lot more aggressive. I did become a lot more direct in how I would communicate with people. And, um, but it worked because that was the environment that you were in and those were the people that you were engaging with. I think what I found was that that's then sort of flipped over more into like my personal side of how I would engage with other people and you sometimes find yourself being very blunt very direct and you're thinking that's not the best way to communicate but in work where I was spending you know 15 16 hours a day it was that was how you communicated that was how you needed to communicate to get ahead and to get things done Mm -hmm. I giggle because I'm blonde and um, I worked in advertising for 10 years before transitioning to a marketing career, uh, and it was very male-dominated as well. And so I'm giggling because I've developed a very dominant, um, very straightforward, blunt personality because I had to be heard at the table and I wanted to be taken seriously. Um, and thankfully, I never really brought it over to my personal life. My, my personal side is, uh, is very different. I'm very sensitive and emotional and 
um, quite a softy, um, and my work personality is quite different. But then I've kind of tried to combine them both in the alpha female personality. Absolutely. It's, it's a difficult thing to do, though, to, to get that because you do find it sort of slipping over, especially if you're thinking about work a lot of the time when you're outside of work and, mm-hmm. um, you know, having your BlackBerry so you're constantly on call. But I sort of do like the assumptions that people almost make about you because, you know, people judge you as soon as they look at you. Mm-hmm. So they look at, they can look at you and say, OK, so she's blonde. OK, she's most, yeah, is she that intelligent? What does she really, really know? Mm-hmm. And I always like proving people wrong. It's why I like. <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but it's why I like doing challenges like MDS or going out and doing Tough Guy or going out and running marathons because I am quite a girly girl, but I like proving people a lot wrong when they say, say, oh, you know, you shouldn't do that or you can't do that. And it's like, well, just watch me. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so um, I also put in the definition that alpha females are very strong-willed. They can come across selfish because we, you know, are true to our principles and our priorities but especially when trying to balance work and life we know that we have to prioritize to figure out you know are we going to put work first now and then when are we going to put life first so on to my next question do you think work-life balance or work-life harmony actually exists I don't actually. Okay. Uh, I, <laughs> I've massively struggled with this. So I can only balance so many things. And so I'd always sort of break it down. So you have, you know, for me, like family and friends, very important. You'd then have your work and then I'd have like physical fitness or, you know, just being active and, and having sort of a, a social life. And then for me as well, it was also about studying and getting exams. Um, so I'd have like almost these four quadrants, but I found I could only balance on three of them or sometimes only two of them. So if I'm working horrendous hours at work, but I still want to see my friends, my family and socialize, then I'll find that basically I can't do any studying or my fitness is going to fall by the wayside. Or if I'm really, really focused on my fitness and my work, then basically friends and family sometimes get pushed to the side. So for me, I, I'm quite, as you can imagine, mostly very similar to you, an all or nothing person. And so when I commit to something, I'm sort of fully committed. And so I do massively struggle with maintaining that balance. Even now that because I'm you know, working on the company, my, my, you know, well, my own company, I find that all I do is work. But I don't really look at it as work because everything I'm doing, I enjoy so much or, you know, all the blogging or the TV work or the podcasting or the editing or, you know, all the stuff that I'm doing, Mm -hmm. I absolutely love. But it is, it's a struggle to get that balance. And it's a question that I ask a lot of people is how do you achieve that balance? Do you block out your time? So saying because uh, I'm assuming you work from home or wherever you're traveling to, do you block out time like for four hours in the morning I'm going to do this and then I'm going to force myself to go eat lunch or work out? So are you a scheduler that way? I'm a massive scheduler. I'm actually, you know, I've actually got a piece of paper in front of me and, and it's like, you know, it's got the days, it's blocked down. It's like gym time, visit these people, do this, do that, record this podcast, record this podcast, edit then. And I also have to-do lists as well. But I think I get, I struggle to relax, I think. Mm. I think I struggle to almost, because I keep thinking, well, everything I'm doing is for the benefit of myself and for the benefit of everybody else. And I just want to keep doing it and, you know, do the best I can. And it's quite difficult sometimes to stop yourself and almost not do anything. I struggle with 
like forced relaxation. Okay. So it does sound like you are quite a workaholic, which I think all alpha females are. But um, in terms of the corporate alpha female and being able to say like, I will just work from nine to five. And then before that and after that is my time for fitness pursuits or time with family. But it sounds like when you're going all in, you get you get so focused that you're having trouble, you know, taking a step back and going, okay, now is my downtime. No, it's, it's absolutely true. And what I'm what I'm trying to do massively in, in 2016 is to get that balance right. That's my my real goal is to just say, actually, Sarah, you're you've gone too far to the other extreme now. You need to just get the balance right and just I don't know, almost force myself to relax and just to take a step back and just to be really just be better at it. <laughs> but I think that's great for our workaholic alpha females who are listening to um, be like, okay, this is something that someone struggles with and that's okay. And I love going back to my definition that an alpha female wants a perfect work-life balance, but she knows that it requires staying true to your priorities and what makes you happy. So if work makes you happy and putting in, you know, 80 hours a week makes you happy and you're staying healthy the whole time, then that's not a bad thing. And you're allowed to embrace that. And that is allowed to be your ambitious pursuit. So I think it's also a matter of just allowing ourselves to give ourselves that permission. Yeah, no, I like that, actually. So what are you most passionate about right now? At the moment? Oh, that's a great question. I, I, whenever I used to get asked this question, I always thought, I don't think I've got any passions. I'm not sure I'm that passionate about that many different things. But I think it's only now I've come to realize that just how passionate I am. One about the stuff I'm doing, like the, the motivational stuff. I go into a lot of schools in my local area and I talk to, um, I talk to a lot of girls about their goals and their ambitions. And, and it's really quite interesting. There's a, there's a real spectrum of what they want to do and what they want to achieve. And I have to say, I find it very demoralizing when I hear young girls are saying oh, I want to be a wag you know I just want to be pretty and rich and I just want to marry some, you know marry wait, somebody wait 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 what's a wag oh sorry a <laughs> wag is um it's a term that we have in England which is for wives and girlfriends so it's like a wag of like all of all the football stars so, oh I have heard this okay yeah so you have like the NFL players and they've got their like their wives and girlfriends who are always like blinged out look amazing wearing the designer clothes and just living that lifestyle mm-hmm. and it's sort of similar in the UK with all the footballers and that's the sort of their goal and their ambition and um for anyone in North America that's soccer <laughs> yeah yeah sorry I keep, <laughs> I'll do my American translation <laughs> we can do both um so wait so young girls are still saying that they want to be a wag yeah it's 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 almost like that they don't want to achieve anything in their own in their own right there is a massive spectrum though there are some girls who are like yes you know I want to go out and I want to be a scientist or I want to go and be a chef or you know whatever they want to do but I just found it quite um, quite depressing that I kept coming across this and so you asked me about what I'm most passionate about now and that's actually my podcast because I kept finding that girls didn't know about all these amazing women out there who are doing these extraordinary challenges and I thought well if I can promote that in some way to make them aware of what other women are doing. It will hopefully give them more role models to look up to and think, well, do you know what? She went and did that. Then maybe I can go and do what I want to do. Hmm. This is an unplanned question, but what's something that you've learned from maybe like one or two women that you've interviewed 
that you've taken on in your life this year? Oh, do you know what? That is a great question. There's, there's two things, really. The, the first one is about being overwhelmed by, by goals or dreams, and it's how people break it down. So you can have a dream of whatever it may be. So, for example, one of my goals is to have, you know, to have 100,000 downloads of the Tough Girl podcast. And when I think about that, that scares me quite a lot because it's like, wow, how am I ever going to get there? How am I going to just get to that number? But then you start breaking it down. It's like, well, actually, I'll, I'll start to get so many downloads. If, you know, if I put my podcast out every single week, then I'm going to get there. Eventually, I'm going to spread the word. I'm going to, you know, I can take actions on social media. So it's all about breaking it down into manageable chunks. And from a lot of the women I've spoken to, that's what they've done. Some of their goals have been, you know, running across Africa, for example, Emma Timmis or Amy Hughes, who ran 53 marathons in 53 days. And if you look at that whole massive goal in its entirety, it's scary. Like that's, it's so massive. It's so overwhelming that you can almost, it can stop you even starting. So the first one is definitely breaking it down. And then another really interesting one, which I found was I always try and be really positive and always look at things in you know the right frame of mind. And I was talking to um, a lady called Felicity, and she was basically doing a solo expedition across Antarctica. And we were talking about what gets her out of her sleeping bag every morning to carry on walking. Was it that positivity, like, yes, I can do this, I'm, I'm going to walk there, I'm going to achieve it, you know, with all the visualization and positive mantras and everything. And what she said was really interesting, and which I actually have never really used and she said actually it's all the people who said to her you're crazy you're never going to be able to do that why would you even think that you could walk across Antarctica you're not fit enough you're not strong enough you know you're a female you can't do this it was all of those negative people who kept saying that she couldn't do it and she said to me well she shared on a, on the podcast that actually it was those people that she got out of the tent for every morning because she wanted to prove them wrong and so sometimes it's using the, that negativity which I try and block and keep away from me it's turning that around and using it in a, in a positive way and saying actually you just watch me I am going to do this I'm going to achieve it and that, I found that really um, really inspiring as well that's awesome and it's really it's true it's the same thing you know it's why we've developed these personalities in the working world in male-dominated environments and now as uh, we tackle fitness challenges, it's just to like prove people wrong. And even if it's just to prove ourselves wrong too, that we are capable of doing so much more than we think. Absolutely. So what are your daily health habits that keep your immune system boosted? Oh, that's a good question. I'll put a little bit of context in this is when I was meant to be doing the Marathon Day Sarbs in April 2015 and I started training for it and like I said I go all or nothing and I went full full on in my training I was doing you know, weightlifting sessions three or four times a week I was going out doing long runs I was doing yoga I was doing swimming I was you know getting on a bike I was just doing so much exercise. I ended up massively burning myself out and it basically completely destroyed me. So this time last year, I I just couldn't get out of bed. I was so tired and run down. And I was just thinking, you know, what is wrong with me? And I'm a big believer that um, that motion creates emotion. So if you're not feeling great, get up, go outside, go for a walk and you'll, you know, you'll feel a bit better or go to that gym class and you'll feel better. So I thought, Sarah, just 
get out of bed, you just do something. So I headed outside and I you know, had my running gear on and I live by the beach and was running along, uh, running along down by the beach. And I made it maybe about a mile and I was just, my body just was not working. In my head, I was like, keep going, keep going. And my whole body, it was like I was just shutting down. And I remember just finding a bench and sitting down and just like sobbing my eyes out because I was like, why why can't I run? Why can't I move? Why am I so tired? Why am I so lethargic? Why, why don't I have any energy? What is wrong with me? And it took me, it took me, a, well, it's, it's mostly taken me about 12 months to get back to, to my health now. So in terms of my, my immunity and my health system, I do so much stuff now. So I, it's, it's almost, I had to massively go back to basics. I started seeing a, a homeopath and it was, um, it was about the sleep. I wasn't sleeping well. I was waking up at three o'clock in the morning. Um, I had to change, completely change my diet. So I had something called candida, which is every, when everyone hears, it's like, oh, you had like a yeast infection. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ew. And it's like, not quite a yeast infection. It's like a yeast infection, which affects the whole of your body. So I stopped, um, I changed what I was eating, so I stopped eating um, uh, bread, pasta, you know, wheat, anything, anything like that. You know, mushrooms for me were, were a no-no. Mm. So I changed my diet. I was making sure I was drinking, you know, two liters of water a day. I started doing meditation. I started journaling, which I found amazing. It really helped to clear clear my mind. I don't know if you um, have you. Do you have like Himalayan salt lamps over there? We do. Oh, right. so. They're in several of the practitioners that I go to see. Yeah, so I've got one right next to me, um, you know, in my bedroom, which is amazing. Um, I also take, um, I take loads. I do take a lot of supplements from magnesium to uh, to omega threes to um, to biotin um, to alkanite. I've got. Uh, <laughs> I take so many. Um, but it was for me, it was really about like the rest and the recovery. So after like a heavy training session, coming back, having a hot bath, having Epsom salts, um, you know, refueling, rehydrating. And that massively helped to improve my my immune system. So mm. I hope that's answered your question. <laughs> yeah. And we sound very similar as I listen to you. I'm also gluten free. Are you dairy free as well? I am well, sort of, I, kind of, sort of. Well, I randomly, I actually stopped having like milk, cow's milk, about mm-hmm. two years ago, and I switched over to almond milk because I thought, well, that, you know, that's the healthier option. Almond milk would be much better for me, and I could never understand why I'd still like, you know, get bloating and stuff like this. And I was only actually seeing my homeopath, and she did like a food allergy testing on me, and she said, actually, you need to avoid almonds. So I thought I'd been making the right decision, not having dairy and moving over to almond milk. Right. Whereas actually, I should avoid that as well. So I pretty much do avoid um, most dairy. I do occasionally have cheeses, though. Our cheeses are my like, oh, they're really I think, good. I think for most people, that's like the hardest thing to give up is cheese. Yeah. Um, and even when I go home for the holidays, I know my mom's going to have a cheese board and like, uh, a bottle of lactate digestive enzymes for me just in case I want to partake once uh, during the year. But I do find it's so important to work with practitioners. So uh, it's nice to hear that you're working with a homeopath. I work with a naturopath here in Toronto to optimize my supplement plan. And it's so important, especially when we can't 
get vitamins and minerals naturally in our diet to be able to boost our immune system that way. Absolutely. Do you do lemon water in the morning? Oh, I do. I, I most would be quite obsessed with lemon water. <laughs> well, I, I, someone said to me, it's the easiest way to, um, to um, alkalize your body. And I was like, but it's so simple. You just, you know, a few slices of lemon, throw them in a jug, mm-hmm. put it in the fridge and you've got it. Mm-hmm. And actually one of the things um, my homeopath um, said when I first started with her, she said, let's do something called a lemon juice challenge to really help sort of like alkalize your system. And that was having, so in the morning you'd have like a shot of lemon juice. So on day one, one shot of lemon juice, so one whole lemon. Day two, two lemons, the juice of two lemons. Day three, three lemons, all the way up to day six. On day seven, you then start coming down again. So you go from, you know, seven, you'd have like six. And day eight, you'd have five, the juice of five lemons, four lemons, three lemons, two lemons, one lemon. And that sort of almost helps to kickstart everything as well and to alkalize your body. Hmm. Obviously, if you do do that, don't brush your teeth straight away afterwards. Um, swell your mouth out with, uh, with water straight away. Drink it through a straw um, just to protect your teeth because lemon's very acidic and can damage your teeth, but it does alkalize the body when it's inside you. So, yeah, I love lemon water. All right. So as you're training for your crazy six marathons in six days, I'm going to say crazy just to keep inspiring the fuel that you need to motivate Absolutely. yourself. <laughs> um, but what is your training like routine like right now? So when I, I'll take you back to so when I started, I actually, the reason I sort of got myself into the mess was there's so much information about training for, for, the, for the MDS. And everyone's like, oh, you need to be running a marathon every weekend. You need to do this. You need to do that. And it massively sort of overwhelmed me. Even you know, trying to choose the right pair of trainers, you'd have about 60 to 100 people giving their opinion. And so I sort of took the decision. I was like, this is too much. I'm going to do what I think is right for me. And I, feel, I thought I could train myself. And so that's why I ended up going wrong. So this time around, I actually started with a personal trainer um, called Jack Clover from JC Performance. And he was absolutely fantastic because I started with training again in June and July. And I was still pretty tired and pretty exhausted. And say we'd be doing, you know, we'd be doing some weights or even just stretches. I'd still be pretty tired after it. And I started off doing one weight session a week, no running, just because I just needed to give my body a chance to, to recuperate. And as time went on, I gradually built that up to suddenly I was doing one session a week with Jack, then two sessions on my own. And this is weightlifting sessions. And they were very specific to running. So there was a lot of split squats. There was a lot of um, step ups and, um, and stretches. And it was also building up my shoulder strength. Because when you're running sort of endurance running for long distances, you can start to, when you get tired, your shoulders can start to, to sort of curve inwards and you can start to sort of curve down. So it's about keeping that strength, especially wearing a backpack because the race is also self-sufficient. So you need to carry all of the stuff with you. So all of your um, your sleeping bag or your food, um, all of that sort of stuff. So wait, 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 wait. You're running six marathons and you're carrying a backpack while doing it? <laughs> yeah. Did I forget to mention that? <laughs> yep, pretty <Yeah>. much. <laughs> so um, they provide tents for you to sleep in and like a rough mat, but everything else you need to carry with you <laughs> to make it even more challenging. Right. Um, so with Jack, it was very much about building up my, my leg strength and my core strength and my shoulder strength. And it was quite interesting um, I noticed, so I used to run a mile in, say, 10 minutes, and I, 
I had it run for maybe two months and I did like another mile and it had dropped down to like eight minutes 30 and I was like wow that's pretty impressive because I hadn't been doing that much running mm. so then a couple of months ago I then started adding the running in and that was uh you know twice a week so I was doing like every Wednesday I'd be doing I was four miles to a venue where I actually had like a meeting and then a four mile run back (laughs) and so it's been very very gradual but what I struggle with in the UK is it's our weather it's gray skies it's raining it's cold it's miserable and I really do struggle when I know that I've got to go out and say run 10 or 12 miles so um, I'm actually heading over to Australia at the beginning of the year to go go and basically train in the heat for four months because you know go out there get time on my feet train in like the 42 degree weather which I'm going to experience out in the desert which is going to be absolutely fantastic um so it was quite good the other day I've been working towards a 100k deadlift um which I achieved which was awesome and I had my my body fat tested and my BMI and I packed on four pounds of muscle and I dropped more body fat so my body fat's now like 14 percent my BMI is 20.3 and we were aiming for not lower than 20 percent for BMI and it's made me actually realize wow I'm I am possibly at the fittest I've I've been for, for for years and so now it's all about the endurance which I'm going to do when I'm out in um well out in Australia and it's a difficult balancing act with endurance because when you start doing the endurance training you'll start losing your muscle mass and it it will also it takes your body longer to recover from all of the runs so you want to get a lot of people get to the start line of the race depleted so they're right you know they're either recovering from injury or they're really tired and just run down Mm. and my goal this time is to get to the start of the race really healthy not depleted in any way Mm -hmm. and just ready to you know give it my all that's awesome I have this no one can see but I have this like big grin on my face just hearing like how proud you are of where you've gotten and we follow each other on Instagram and seeing you do heavy weight sessions just made me so proud to see that oh, um, because as a, as, as a runner, I think it's, it's not really prioritized by so many endurance athletes to actually do strength sessions. They're like, well, if I do a strength session, you know, then I have um, DOMS or delayed onset muscle soreness and I can't you know, do a long run because it takes three days for my legs to recover. And it's like, but you have to be able to do both. You've got to balance it. Um, so it's great to hear that you're prioritizing it. Absolutely. Well, that, that was it really. It's, this has all been about, about the gaining the muscle, building up the strength. And then it's like the next phase is the endurance phase and the, and the running phase. So I'm actually, I'm actually really looking forward to it as well because I'm actually excited about getting over I'm going over to Melbourne and they've got these incredible trails. It's this beautiful coast. There's coastal runs there. The weather's going to be amazing. And it just makes you want to go outside. So, yeah, it'll be really exciting. Um, the next question, I feel like I don't know how you're going to answer this because you kind of already did, but how do you challenge yourself fitness-wise? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't – oh, I think because I've had a personal trainer, I almost haven't needed to think about this because I've almost like handed over, not handed over the responsibility, but the responsibility of what I need to do. And you, you know, you sort of, I'm a big believer in like mixing up sessions and, you know, doing a variety of different things. So I know whenever I go and see, um, see Jack, we're going to be doing something different, but we're still going to be working on the muscle. So that keeps it quite 
um, quite interesting. But I think I'm emotionally challenged myself enough fitness-wise. I think my biggest problem is making sure that I allow myself the time to rest and recover mm. just because I... I, lo- I so love what I do. <laughs> I, I, and for me, I love like weightlifting. You know, I can see myself getting stronger. I can see myself getting fitter when you're going out and you're going on a run and you, you know, you improve on your time or you go that little bit further. You do get that massive sort of endorphin rush or I definitely do. And so for me, it's more about saying, right, hold on, Sarah, maybe you shouldn't do that training session. Just like, is your body in a good place? You need to make sure that you've rested and recovered. And I actually find that almost the hardest because I'm not very good at doing it. It's like, I I don't like training to failure. Mm-hmm. So even though I know it's good for me, but I feel, I don't, I don't like that feeling when I can't accomplish something and it's like, oh, why can't I lift these weights up? Yeah. But I know I'm meant to get to that stage because that's how I'm going to get stronger. But it, I right. do find that frustrating. Yeah. But let me just do what I know I can achieve right now so I can boost my ego. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned the Himalayan salt lamp. I think you mentioned meditation and journaling. But my next question is, what are your daily habits for winding down at night? And reducing your stress. So maybe you can expand upon those a bit. I have to say, I am quite obsessed with having hot baths. Like, <laughs> I absolutely love it. I, I just don't know what it is. Um, after, a training, after a training session or before I go to bed, that's what I'll do. Mm-hmm. One of the things I'm trying at the moment, and it's probably not working that well, is trying to stay off social media at night time. Yeah. I've got really bad habits. So I get into bed, I get lovely and cozy. And I just think, oh, I just have 10 minutes. I'll just see what's happened on Twitter. I'll just see what's happened on Instagram. And then it's an hour later. Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I know all the studies about, you know, the light being bad for your eyes and it takes you longer to, to get to sleep. So I haven't, I know I should just leave like my, my phone and my iPad out of my room when I go to sleep, but I just, I just can't, I just don't want to do it basically. Mm-hmm. We sound like twins because I, I do the nightly Epsom salt baths with essential oils like lavender or frankincense. So I, I talk about being like this self-care specialist and I'm having these nightly baths, but I've got my phone in my hand and I'm supposed to be, you know, winding down for the night. So I hear you on the social media detox at night. It's very, very difficult. I was actually just going to say is the other thing that I do do as well, which I was encouraged to do by my homeopath was to do um, my own foot massage. Mm. So um, like reflexology on your feet. And I should, I should be doing it for about 15 minutes in the morning and in the evening. And I've, sometimes I'm pretty good and sometimes I'm not, but my little cheat as such is I actually have a golf ball. Yes. And so I just have a golf ball on the floor and I'll just be standing there or, you know, sat there and just rolling it underneath my foot. And actually I actually find that really beneficial as well. I'm not quite sure how it all works or, or what it does, but I think it's to do with the lymphatic drainage, drainage system. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do find that a benefit. I, but again, I don't know if that's psychological or if it's actually giving me real benefits, but my sleeping has improved. So that's another good thing to do. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, I have an AccuBall, one of those blue balls with little kind of spikes on it in my gym bag. And I usually do that in the morning when I'm stretching, but at night makes sense. And I just had reflexology done and it was explained to me that all of your pain points on your feet are actually associated with pain points on your body. So whether it's organs or muscles, uh, so all of my pain points 
are actually in my digestive system, which is something I'm trying to fix. So I'm sure we could do an entire episode on reflexology and Chinese medicine. It's fascinating. But even just as a runner, being able to roll out your foot muscles, I think is just beneficial from like a, just a foot soreness perspective. Absolutely. So we talked a bit about what you've cut out um, in terms of kind of fixing your diet so that you can get your energy back. What other daily or weekly nutrition habits do you have to keep yourself well-nourished for training? I I do have a lot of protein shakes. So, um, and I've picked like a protein powder, which is basically good for me. I don't know how to describe it, but when I did my food allergy testing, she tested my protein powder and was like, yeah, that's absolutely good for you. So whenever I do a session, I'll always have protein powder afterwards. For me, my biggest challenge is actually trying to consume enough healthy food. So um, I do eat meat. So I'm, I do try and eat a lot of chicken. I do try and eat a lot of vegetables. Um, but I can sometimes go be going to bed and thinking, am I hungry? Do I need to have a protein shake? And that's my biggest struggle is trying to just consume enough for the amount of exercise that I'm doing. So I'm still massively trying to work on my nutrition. I, I sort of, I do want to reach out and get a nutritionist on board as well, but then I've just got to think of like the balance with the costs and everything else. And I think it's something that I can manage myself. I think sometimes I just end up sliding off the scale and having weekdays where I you know consume chocolate and and stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) understandable all right so we're just wrapping up and the header on my website is that an alpha female is someone who strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony so we've got the healthy part under control what is your definition of happiness oh I love that question I sometimes don't think that I allow myself to be happy or to appreciate what I've done or what I've achieved because I'm always thinking what's next what's next what else could I be doing or you know I haven't done everything I set out to do so if I've got 10 things on my to-do list and I've only done nine of them then I'll beat myself up for not doing it and I think the other day I um I looked back and I, I might have been like on a run I was just thinking oh my goodness, it's, you know, it's, it's a Wednesday, it's, a, you know, it's 10 in the morning, and you're running along the beach. This is amazing. And I suddenly just thought, yeah, like two, you know, two or three years ago, you would have been sat in an office in, you know, a skyscraper down in London, staring at two computer screens, having your phone buzzing, your mobile buzzing, your Blackberry buzzing going off, dealing with a huge amount of stress, and doing something which you sort of lost interest for and lost your passion for. And now, actually, everything that I'm doing, I absolutely love. And, it, and I, think it was, I think it was for me taking that time back to reflect how far I've come and how, I've, how much I've actually changed my life from where I was like two or three years ago. And it did make me think, wow, I'm in a really happy place. But, um, yeah, I, I think a happiness is something I really want to to focus on especially next year and just making sure that I get the balance right but happiness for me is is doing what I love and being passionate about it and I I love what I'm doing I love the fact that I get to speak to incredible women all over the world I get to promote their stories I get to inspire younger women and younger girls and even if you know just one girl comes up to me in the future and says actually Sarah I heard you talk or I read one of your books or I read a blog post that you wrote and because of you I did x y and z that would make me incredibly happy 
So I know what I'm doing is so worthwhile and it's adding so much value to other people. I, I get sent tweets and uh, direct messages from people just saying, oh, you know, I listen to that podcast and, and I love that story. And, you know, thank you so much for, for doing this. And it's all those little tiny things which add up and make me think, do you know what, Sarah, you, you're doing okay. You're doing really well. And actually, you should be really happy with what you've achieved. So I think I, I think you said it earlier, actually, where you said, you know, about giving yourself permission. And I think that's what I need to be able to do is to give myself permission to be happy and say, actually, Sarah, you, you are happy. Because I know I am happy. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you have a really good hold of kind of like Eckhart Tolle's power of now uh, being grateful in the moment of what actually exists in your life, what you've achieved. Um, and then it also sounds that you're going to be super inspirational for all of our alpha females who want to be entrepreneurs and take on their own businesses, but the happiness of freedom and doing what you want when you want it on your terms, on your schedule. And then there's also like a third definition in there where it's like having impacted just one other person's life and motivating them or inspiring them um, is amazing happiness for you yeah definitely I've actually read that book I've actually got that book yeah yeah it's powerful (laughs) it's very powerful but it's interesting because I I struggled with it as well because I was always looking back in the past and sort of you know try not to regret things but you always think if only things have been different or looking too far ahead into the future it's like why haven't you achieved that why haven't you done that and it's actually trying just to live in the moment and just be present is I I struggle a lot with it but it's something I'm really working on is just to be living in the moment and something all of us alpha females can do more of so thank you so much for your time today I truly appreciate you making time for our podcast You are more than welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. This episode is sponsored by the Live Like an Alpha Female Challenge. Are you ready to take charge of your fitness and health routine? Are you ready to get organized so you have more time to spend with your family or friends or loved ones without feeling always stressed? That's why I created the Live Like an Alpha Female Challenge, a challenge that helps you decrease stress get organized, and find more time in your day to go after all of your crazy big goals and dreams. The challenge includes five emails with a video message from me on how to fit in fitness, optimize your health and nutrition, stay healthy at work, and all my smartphone organization tips. Sign up at robinbaldwin.com forward slash alpha female for the free challenge today. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice and leave me a rating and review. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com. That's Robin with a Y, B-A-L-D-W-I-N. And join us next week for another inspiring chat. I hope you have a spectacular day.